Hi, and welcome back to Refine the Podcast. We're back oh. with the boys. Um, we are back. Uh, we got my boy, uh, Zane Henderson, uh, in the house. And then uh, we got our other brother, uh, Thomas Ross, in the house. Some of you guys Let's uh, go. met Thomas Ross when we did uh, the massive group um, podcast where we talked about uh, the reasons why we believe in God. Uh, so mm-hmm. Thomas is joining us uh, tonight uh, to talk about some of the things that we um, – Learned this weekend uh, at D-Now, uh, D-Now weekend, and we'll explain kind of what mm-hmm. D-Now is. Um, but yeah, Thomas, give them a little introduction, kind of who you are, um, kind of let the people know who Thomas Ross is. Yeah. Yo. Yeah, like Wesley said, I've been on the podcast before. I did the little what God means to me and why I believe kind of thing. So I, there's that. Uh, like I said, like he said, my name is Thomas Ross, and my dad's the pastor of our church, so I'm PK. Um. There's not much more to know to me. I mean, I love Jesus, love the Lord. He loves me. It's all you kind of need to know. Just <laughs> kind of here to yeah. goof around, talk about the Word. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much. I mean, that's the sum of all of our lives. That's about it. But Thomas, he he runs cross country at Calhoun. Mm-hmm. He, he, yep. never, he would never tell you that, but mm-hmm. um, a boy got the speed. Yeah. Nah. nah. He's got that endurance. <laughs> that boy could. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so we're just here to talk about um, D Now weekend, and for those that don't know what D Now is. Um, D-Now is a weekend um, filled with the Lord, pretty much. Um, oh, yeah. it's, it's for the youth group, uh, and it used to be the area-wide thing. Um, it used to be um, churches from all over uh, the area, Decatur, Moulton, Trinity. I didn't know that. That's yeah. Like, oh, yeah it, was, it used to be huge. Yeah, it used to be massive, and it used to be everybody gathered up, uh, Decatur Baptist Church, and mm. did worship and everything, and then you go back to your host homes, but um, now it's on a smaller scale. Um, which honestly I prefer. No, um, dude, we need to get it big. <laughs> I think it's more personal. It's, with, yeah, and okay. smaller. It's very personable. And That's so, valid. what we did this weekend, it was what probably 30, 35 students, and um, powerful. Yeah, you break off into uh, your small groups, and your small groups uh, stay at host homes, and uh, you dive in the word, uh, small groups together, and yeah. you come and gather together with the whole group and have worship and uh, hear a message. And we were in Romans all weekend um and that's what we're gonna kind of kind of touch base on tonight because man it was some good Mm, stuff it was good stuff and um i think i have a deeper understanding of the gospel um i think after this weekend because that was the only thing that was taught was the gospel and um i know you guys would would definitely agree with me on that that one's good yeah so what y'all boys learn the now weekend huh What's y'all's takeaway? I learned that the spirit is real. Yeah. I mean, not that I didn't believe in it before, but after this weekend, if you were there, there's no way in this world you can deny the power of the Lord. Yeah, that's good. Um, it, it, It's been a pretty cool two weeks because, you know, the week right before, um, you know, this past weekend, I was able to go work another um, uh, D-NAL uh, at was it Thompson Station right outside of Nashville and like, Man, when I tell you that was huge, it felt like camp all over again. And like to be, I told some of the kids there is, you know, D now isn't just, you know, not only a reach weekend for the youth, but it's also a weekend that you know us as leaders we can be fulfilled just as much as they can. Like we need that weekend just as much as they do. And I think like coming into it, uh, I was like, man, I don't know, but like, man, every single day there, God wrecked me. I come here. God wrecked me again, you know, and that just goes to show that, like, you know, sometimes we feel like we got it together, and we feel like, you know, ah, well, you know, I read and worship all these different things, like, but it gets to a point where you go through the emotions, and, like, when you get to, like, literally lay on your face and just bawl your eyes out because you're at so much awe at the Lord, and, like, He's the one that's, like, stripping you of everything. It was, like, it's really cool because, you know, was it J.T.? Yeah, JT Thompson. Yeah, yeah he, he like he put it there perfectly, especially this weekend when you know it took one act of obedience, and the next thing we knew, all the kids were at the altar and all of us praying, and like all the depression, and anxiety, all these things, like those chains was being broken in the name of Jesus. Like mm-hmm. it's like one of the things like you could hear him, you know, like he was saying it, and it was just it's so amazing because like, you know, like Thomas was saying, like the it truly experiencing God and who He is, because you know, oftentimes we we get to a point where we don't feel them or this, that, and other, but, you know, there might be a time that you're, you know, 
walking so close with him that like you're walking by true faith and true obedience but the times that you do get to feel his presence and like that's just reassurance you know so like the, these two past weekends it's been like very helpful especially like coming into this early week and all the events that's already taking place uh you know just reassurance that i can lean into the lord in times of uncertainty mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think you said exactly what my instagram caption was and uh, so word for word, pretty much. I mean, I think my Instagram caption was something along the lines of, um, you know, we experienced a, a mighty move of the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah. And you could literally hear, feel, um, and see chains breaking off of, mm. of these students. I feel it now. And, and <laughs> it the leaders. Very and, evident. It, it was it was one of the few times in my life where um, you know, I've had moments with the Holy Spirit, um, you know, during worship, but it was one of the few times in my life where you know, I'm, I'm have my eyes closed and, and I'm worshiping and I open my eyes and I look out and I see every single student, every single leader, Oof. everybody on their face, just crying, praying, praying for others uh, yeah. and just worshiping. Uh, yeah. It was just true. Um, it was true worship. And honestly, I mean, like that's, that's what it's about. Like, yeah. you know, like to be able to go every single day regardless of where you're at like and praise the lord if we continue to do so and we continue to tell people like man check out this experience i had let me tell you about the lord not people will come to know the lord if you do something that's you know you know glorifying god because you know when we're most unified is when we're going to glorify god the most because we're coming together and we're showing each other love so if we can come together and show each other love in big groups, this, that, and other, we're consistently inviting people. Like, we're called to go out and make disciples of all nations. How are we going to make disciples if we don't tell people about who Jesus is and, like, our experiences with them? No, I think that's I think that's very important for us to really lean into that, lean into the community you have. If you don't have community, reach out. Like, mm-hmm. we'll get you plugged in somewhere for sure. That's good. God is most glorified when you're most unified. Mm. That's oh, good. that's a word. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Hey, that'll preach, son. Mm. that'll preach yeah god is most glorified uh, when we're unified that's good mm. I, I think you know that's a big reason why um i mean not the big reason that's the only reason why we even do the podcast because yeah i mean we're called to tell others about jesus and we're called um to share with people you know our experiences that we have with the lord and and what we're learning from the lord and you know this is just another avenue that we're able to do so um Obviously, we, we do our absolute best to, to live that out uh, at work, at school, right. um, here at youth group on a Wednesday night like we just did. And But it's it's another great avenue for us to glorify the Lord, just sitting down and, and talking about mm-hmm. him and allowing other people to hear those conversations. Mm-hmm. So uh, we were in, in Romans a lot, and uh, Thomas gets fired up about, about Romans. Don't even get me, dude. <laughs> I could talk about Romans for years on end. <laughs> this man gets mm-hmm. fired up and... Um, I knew that he'd be he'd be pumped to to sit down and talk about Romans. Our our boy Logan, by the way, I didn't mention this, but he um he is in the room next to us. <laughs> um, him and uh, his fiance Abby, they're actually doing um, premarital counseling. Let's go! Uh, yeah, <laughs> the lovebirds. Um, they're with our pastor right now and Thomas's dad. Yeah, uh, doing doing that. So um, we miss him tonight, but we didn't want to miss out on um, a recording. But Logan's excited to get back to us. And, and sit down and talk about D now as well too. But Romans, where do we even start? For real, there's nowhere to start. You just pick a place and you take off. <laughs> where do you want to start at? I mean, we're all over it. Yeah, from conformity to counting your blessings to not being able to escape the uh, proof of God. It goes everywhere. Yeah covers everything it's like a miniature bible in one book yeah I, I think romans i think it literally encapsulates like the whole entire the christian faith gospel and the whole christian it's faith. in one book it's one yeah book. fire one letter yeah mm-hmm. so we we started out in romans three mm-hmm. um and that's what we there was a guy that was uh, doing a message um every time we we met together and i mean just the simplicity of of romans three twenty three, um and then 24 is is amazing and says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. I think we start there and just kind of talk about that. Yeah, so first off, you know, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, um, it, it doesn't, 
it doesn't put us in a click. Uh, right. It doesn't, you know, group or single anybody out. No, it says all. Um, and I think that's something, I think that's something powerful in that. I don't know what you guys think about that, but it, it shows that we're all in the same playing field. Well, one is better than anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. And also I was going to say, you know, like, like you said, it's not singling anybody out because, you know, you go to John three sixteen, it says, God so loved the world. They gave his only begotten son to whomever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. But like, all like you know he didn't die for you know one specific person this that another but it also goes into like verse 17 it talks about you know how god did not send his son to condemn the world but the world may be saved through him mm-hmm. like he's making that way and like he's already showed us that love and that grace and everything like he's carried the weight of the world and everything that we've ever done that we'll ever do on that cross and he's made it so simple but we intend to overcomplicate the gospel and like what Jesus truly has done for us. We're like, oh, it's a bunch of set, of, set rules, this, that, another. Like, it's simply accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and having that, you know, taking that first step of obedience to have a relationship with him. That that in itself, like, and he sets you free from all the things of this world. I was talking to some people uh, at this old vintage store in Nashville. Um, I told you and Logan yeah. about it a little bit, but uh, it was really cool because I know this was like a, like, this is definitely like a God moment. Um, so I go into this old vintage store and I'm in there and um, I started looking through these shirts and see this group of people sitting in the room and I was like, it's an older like house. It's kind of like set up, set up like a studio. So they got like all these different shirts and stuff. I was like, yo, can I check out these shirts? And they said, yeah. So I'm flipping through all the shirts and uh, the one shirt that like, I had start hearing their conversation and like, I ain't trying to eavesdrop, but I heard the word God. So I was like, you know, I'm all for it. You know, so as I'm going through these shirts, it says, God loves you. Pass it on. I said, who? You know, and they're talking about, you know, there's, um, you know, how they feel like they're judged when they go into the churches and this, that, and other. And, you know, how they feel that, you know, like if they commit a sin, like they're going to hell, you know, because people have like damned them to hell because, you know, so like I just, I was like, after they got done talking, I was like, if y'all don't mind, can I like, can I like hop in on this conversation with you? And they was like, yeah. And I think they wanted me more or less to like agree with them, but I completely flipped the script on them. You know, yeah. I was like, you know, I said, for me, first and foremost, I was like, I am a Christian. I do believe in Jesus. And I was like, you know, I pursue Jesus because he set me free of the things I used to do. I went into my testimony talking about how, you know, I used to be addicted to anything and everything you can think of. And how Jesus set me free from that, I told him that, you know, in a world that has all this constant change, man, like, if you place your faith in something that's consistently changing, like, there's no nothing, nothing firm with that. So, I t- you know, I was telling him, like, Jesus is the same. He's remained the same for all these thousands of years. That's why we can have a firm foundation, and that's why we can be firmly planted in him and knowing that, like, he's going to remain the same. I said, you know, we, we're in a divided world because everybody's quick to anger this, that, and other. I said, Jesus Christ is love. I said, he carried the weight of everything on that cross for you already. And I was like, and with the church, I was like, yeah, you know, religion. I said, that is man-made. Religion's man-made. That's not Jesus Christ. I said, so when we come to know Jesus and truly experience him, we know that is nothing but love that we're going to be able to get out of it. So, like, at the end of the day, like Jesus loves you. Like I don't, I don't want anybody to be like, oh, Jesus don't love me. You know, I, I've seen this. I know like Jesus Christ died for. He died for the world. Every single person who washed faces are He died for you because He loved you. Even though that He might not have a relationship with you, He still took a chance to have a relationship with you. Mm-hmm. That's good. Thomas flipping. He, about to, about to buy a seat. He he was talking about how uh, Jesus never never changes. How his love is the same yesterday mm-hmm. and same today. Same Jesus Christ that died for Paul and pray Paul for burning Christians. The same Jesus yeah. Christ that forgives you for whatever the heck you're doing. Right. Reminded me of uh, Hebrews thirteen eight says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's mm. as simple as it gets. Yeah. It is. Yeah, and and then the same people. I mean, because I think at some point we all thought this way. We're like, oh, well, we got to follow these rules and right. we got to do this and we got to mm-hmm. do that. But but frankly, righteousness doesn't come through following the law. And we see that in verse 21. It says, but now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Mm. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. Um, I mean, the, the law 
the law and the prophets, when it's when it was referring to the law and the prophets, we're looking at the Old Testament. The whole Old Testament, and a lot of people will look at the Old Testament and they're like, what does this mean? Including me, some of it's very hard. Oh, to yeah, I've been reading yeah. it. I feel like I'm talking to a wall, man. <laughs> it's hard. It, it, but the main thing you have to realize about the Old Testament is the Old Testament, um, it is a prophecy of what's to come. Mm-hmm, and, yeah. what, and what's to come has already came, and that's what Christ Jesus did. And people miss that. Um, you know, the Jews, they, they don't believe in any of the New Testament. They only believe in the Old Testament, and they don't believe the Messiah has came. But, but guys, the Old Testament proves that the Messiah will come, and guys, the Messiah did come. Yeah, died and resurrected, and come on, somebody. There's so he predicts much, it. Yep. There's so much, so much proof of Christ's resurrection. Yeah. There's so much proof of him dying. Um, you know, there's a lot of skeptics who say, um, well, you know, Christ never died, so frankly, he he didn't resurrect. Let's talk about that for a minute. All right. Keep keep going. I mean, I, I mean, really, honestly, there was a there's a guy who wrote the case for Christ. His name's Lee Strobel. Um, it's a book. There's a movie about it. I encourage you guys to go and um, read. And it's good. It's on Pure Flix. Um, it's a Christian streaming service. I'm sure you can find it somewhere else too. But um, really, he goes into the details of Christ because he was an atheist at the time that he was writing this letter. And what he was trying to do was disprove Christ. And what he ended up doing, you can't. It, exactly. It, it's harder to disprove Jesus' death than it is to prove it. Yeah. It's so much easier, so much more proof for it than there is against it because there is no evidence against it. Yeah. Mm. It's insane. Um and that but and you're right. And the people who say that Jesus didn't die, uh it's it's you know, they're <laughs> only if y'all can see Thomas right now. He's like about to do a backflip out of his chair. Crazy, man. But it's there's so many skeptics and, and you know, and that's the thing is you if you read the old testament with, with Jesus in mind, it starts to make more sense. Mm-hmm. Um and the old testament it testifies of Christ and, and prophecies the about it. I was reading Isaiah in Isaiah last night, um, the last couple of days, and I sent I sent Thomas a couple of these verses, but he sent some of us. Uh, I think I did. y'all too. But there's a picture online, and I don't know if y'all have heard of it. Wesley showed it to me. It's like a big rainbow of mm. all the cross references across all of scripture. I mean, these are talking like thousand, like four thousand BC when with Adam and Eve till like the current day, and the way, the fact the fact that they in Psalm thirty four twenty, I believe it is, it says Jesus like no no none of his bones was broken, no not one. Then John nineteen thirty three it says when they saw he was dead, they did not break his bones. Mm. How what the heck are the odds that in Psalms some random dude who doesn't know who the heck Jesus is, never even heard of him, he's not gonna see him for two thousand plus years, says those exact words, then the exact prophecy comes through. They yeah. it's just it has to be through the Holy Spirit. There's no way. It's it's mm. all Holy Spirit. And see, that's what I was reading in Isaiah. So it's cool. In Isaiah fifty three, um, it talks about he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And with his wounds, we are healed. Mm. I mean, and then it goes into he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. And if you read uh, in the scriptures, when Jesus is um, being scourged, when he's being beaten, when um, he's standing in front of these religious leaders and He's not. He's not confessing any crimes because he didn't commit any crimes, was, yeah. and that's what it's saying. Like it, it literally prophesied that he would not open his mouth and he would not confess to anything in Isaiah fifty three. And this was written thousands of years before Jesus ever mm-hmm. came to the earth. And there's so much more. And there's talks so about First Peter how the prophets were prophesied with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it it's so exact though. Like you said, like it talks about in Psalms where you know there's not going to be a bone broken on on Jesus mm-hmm. and by golly, there wasn't a bone broken on Jesus, and we see that it's uh, crazy. In scriptures, because like in Roman tradition, when they were crucified, like they're like you had to pull yourself up to like, and they push off on your knees, which would cause searing pain through it. That's a whole other story. Yeah, and you'd have to push up in order to like breathe. So like when they someone like, oh, we want you to die because they want to speed up the death process. They mm-hmm. break your break your leg, break your legs, and then you can't push up anymore. So then you have to suffocate. Yeah. So Jesus was already dead. So it's like there's no point in breaking him if it's not going to kill him. Yeah. What are the odds? They broke Roman tradition, but like. It didn't need to. Yeah, and then and then the same scriptures in Isaiah fifty three. If you go to uh, verse ten, it says, "Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand." And so, if you read this, off first glance, you're like, "What does this mean?" 
when it says he shall see his offspring, he shall prolong his days. That's talking about the resurrection. Mm. Jesus resurrection was predicted in Isaiah 53 right here in verse 10, um, thousands of years before it ever took place. And it's, it's so exact and there's hundreds and and even thousands of prophecies. It's insane. They were fulfilled by him when he was on the earth. My dad said something. He's like, he's, he's, he's like, the odd, he's like the Texas thing. He's like, if you go to Texas and put one quarter down, like six feet under the earth in the middle of Texas, bury it, have someone go find it. The odds of them like finding that or something like that, or like one in this, or something like that. And he's like, the, I'm just pulling it up. Y'all keep talking. I'm pulling it up. I think I'm talking <laughs> with someone else. It's crazy the odds of like Jesus fulfilling all the prophecies he did. Just pull up with my dad. I think you're more likely to get. I, I saw Here something. Nothing. Yeah. Read he's, it. So, he's talking about like the the odds of like Jesus fulfilling prophecies and all the ones he did fulfill, which is every single one of them. All right. The odds of him fulfilling one prophecy, being born in Bethlehem, are one in three hundred thousand. What? That's the fact crazy. That he they 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 prophesied he'd be born in Bethlehem, not just in the city, but Bethlehem. That prophecy alone is one in three hundred thousand. The fact that he fulfilled eight prophecies was one one followed by seventeen zeros. Okay, the, wait, wait, wait. So you're saying he fulfilled one prophecy? It and, was one in three hundred thousand, and then eight. He fulfilled eight, which was followed by one followed by one seventeen zeros, and then hmm. he fulfilled 40, 48 of them, which is one followed by a hundred and fifty seven zeros. So we're talking like so crazy. massive numbers, and then conservatively, what do you even call them numbers? Stupid. <laughs> it is. My mind blew when my dad said this. I was like, "What the heck did he just say?" I like the number just. Oh my gosh. He performed about four hundred and fifty miracles. Mm. Besides promises, they were written about. What is that thing that Johnny's like? If into all the things he performed, they yeah. they could not fit on his page. Yeah, if, the, if uh, all of the things that Jesus did were to be recorded. There would not be enough books oh my to record, and that's what and it, it says in John. He performed about 450 prophecies slash miracles and fulfilled them. Yeah, John 21. And conservatively, 21. which is like, at the least, he performed 300. If the odds of him uh, fulfilling 48 prophecies is 1 in 457 zeros, what are the odds of 300? <laughs> that's, that's about so three times gross. that amount. So three times whatever 157 is plus. So that's like... 400, 500 zeros. That's, and you can't fathom that number. And that's that, insane. And that's, that's the God we serve though. Like. You can't deny that. He did it in such an amazing way. And he did, and, and you read in Isaiah 53 again, here we go back to it again. It says, for he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. So it, it wasn't like God did it in a way that no one thought he would that's why people missed jesus that's why people crucified jesus is because Mm -hmm. they thought that this was going to be god in the flesh coming down he was going to be beautiful like you're looking at him he's wearing a white robe he's just a beautiful amazing man like just that's what i love about it because like he literally came down from his throne and he came down here he grew up homeless he was born in a manger like that's a trough you know what i'm saying (laughs) Just stinky, so, nasty. For him to go out here so humbly, like that's what blows my mind because he literally had everything, and yet he left it to come. Oh my goodness, it's right. crazy. And so, like, just tying it into the times that we live in, like we've got it so backwards. Like, yes, don't get me wrong, it is nice to have nice things, like without a doubt. But also, like, money isn't everything. All this fame isn't everything. This, that, and the other, like. That's what's, what I can't remember that verse, but it talks about, you know, it's easier for a camel to go through an aisle of an oh, yeah. than a rich man to yeah. heaven. It's just because we get caught up in all that pridefulness and like, well, we look what I've done, this, that, another versus look what Jesus has done through me and through my situation. And, you know, this is how we can glorify him the most. Like serving people, I don't know about y'all, but like, I get an absolute like thrill out of that. I love it so much because like, you get to see their whole perspective of it, like their outlook on life change just by in a few moments and like God aligning that situation, uh, you know, preparing your heart, preparing their heart and like the Holy Spirit inter- interceding on your behalf and like, I don't know, making a way. It, it's just so cool. Yeah. I don't even know the, how, I mean, okay. we got on, we got on a roll there. <laughs> I want to actually continue on that before just a little bit more. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, come on, Thomas. <laughs> because I did a study on this like a while back to, to see like how, if I was approached, uh, if someone said, 
prove to me Jesus died. I don't. I was like, well, what would I say to him? Because I can't just be like, well, you just have to believe in him. Yeah. That's a stupid answer. They're like, well, that's dumb. Yeah. So I was like, I'm gonna do some research on it. How can I prove to this person that Jesus died? Okay. This took me a while, and then I got finally got all the notes together. I can't find my notes in here. I'm, I'm just off the top of my head. There's a bunch of it that just like just like base layer. First of all, the Roman, the Roman seal. Mm. When they had a rock in the, in the Roman burial site, and you'd have the the big rock, and you'd have like anchors on the on the sides of the rock, and you'd cross it. And so they so like and the seal would be in the middle of the king, like there'd be multiple seals. So in order to open the grave, someone would have to break that that uh the seal from the outside to get inside. But before that, they had like two Roman guards posted at the side. So in order for that, for Jesus' body to be gone, and say say somebody stole it, that's why they think he's resurrected. The disciples, 12 untrained men, would have to sneak or destroy two highly trained Roman soldiers in order to get into the tomb in one night. Let me, let me, just, let me just note that. They'd have to kill them both in one night and then break both seals and then roll this five-ton rock up a hill because like in the, in the Jewish burial site, they'd like roll the rock over the hill and it sort of... So it kind of go down the slope and like just sit, stay there. You can't move it. So they have to do that and roll uphill in order, all in order to get this one, this one random man out of out of grave in one night. Not only that, but say like they, this, they even the Pharisees accuse them of stealing the body. Well, they can't because that's not possible. Like that just doesn't work. Say they had the wrong grave. Well, they were he was buried in the Joseph's private tomb. Surely. And if it's, if it's a private tomb, you know the location of your tomb. It's not just like, oh, well, I thought it was here. It's not. He knows the exact location of the tomb. So surely the man who owned the grave, the Jews, the disciples, the women, and everybody else that saw his verisite didn't mix it up. Surely they had the right grave. So he, he had to be in the right grave. Yeah. Where the heck did he go? Well, maybe he was never buried. Well, then why would they put a Roman guard and a Roman seal over some tomb that wasn't even like having anybody in there? They wouldn't. They wouldn't. And why would there be clothes in there that were folded? I'll get to that in a minute. Why would, oh, be, why would there be folded clothes in the tomb that didn't that had nobody in there? There was just so much like work put into that that you had there had to be an important person there in order to like and they had to keep somebody out of it. Yeah. So they, they was designed to keep somebody out instead of keep somebody in. John, when he decided to describe the moving of the rock, it was so heavy that you you had to push uphill. He used he didn't word, use a word that said move. The Greek word I think it was the Greek Hebrew that he, he, John used described as as being picked up and carried off. Uh. <laughs> Which is nuts. Power. So they didn't just like nudge it just enough to wedge it by out. It was like the Holy Spirit picked it up and it's like yeet. Well, yeah, it's it's crazy. I read it this morning. It was it's the earth an earthquake. It was crazy. Behold, behold there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat it's on cr- it. It's crazy. Like he didn't just like he just like oh, oh I'm barely get up this hill and I'm, like, I'm tired I'm done. He he the word he used is like he picked it up and moved it. Yeah. That's nuts. So Jesus was like just walked out. Let me get to the folding part of the clothes. That yeah, right. Well, the significance behind that is oh for for anyone listening who doesn't know the significance behind him folding. Oh Jesus my God! Folding his you hands. have to take this one. Listen to what Thomas is about Dude, to say. When uh, what's his, was it? Is it was H- J- J- Hendrix? Uh, uh, you're talking about um, Brayden's cousin. Uh, oh, Davis. Davis, yeah. Shout out, Davis. Well, he, yeah, this is today. This fired me up when I heard this. So, yeah, Dave. in Jewish culture, when you'd eat a meal, right? If you had, if you're a napkin. If you got up from the table and you threw it on the plate, just didn't care about it, and walked away, you're done eating. You weren't coming back to finish the meal. <laughs> I'm going to have to calm down for a minute. <laughs> However, if you got up and like neatly folded it beside your plate and put it there and walked away, that means you're coming back to finish the meal later. <laughs> now, the thing is, now, Jesus was a Jew, and his headdress, when they walked into the tomb, they saw his like body, his, like, like, body linens there. But then beside that, his headdress was neatly folded into a square beside his headdress, which means Ooh, he's coming back to mm. finish his meal later, which means he's coming back to save us all. Oh, that fired me up. Come on, I don't know boy. why, but it's crazy, dude. <laughs> dude, I'm going to tell you, I am fired up, son. Holy Let's moly. Go. Okay, buddy. <laughs> so I'm glad I, I'm <laughs> fired up now. I'm glad we're talking about this. The resurrection has been on the forefront of my mind for about a week since. Yeah, you know. remember I said, resurrected, baby. Dude, yeah. <laughs> D now. All I have been saying, like, like all I've been saying all weekend is like we do not die. We go to heaven. Our bodies resurrect. <laughs> our soul never dies. Our body, mm. our body, our flesh dies, but we do not die. Mm. Like it's literally you only live like you only live once. Like I got some miles, miles away. So, <laughs> I mean, say so I read this this morning, and it, it's going into what Thomas was talking about. It's talking about the guards. Um, 
This is in Matthew 28, verse 11. While they were going, behold, the guard went into the city and told the chief priests all that had taken place. And they're talking about um, the stone being rolled away and Jesus not being in his tomb. And when they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers and said, Tell people his disciples came by night exactly. and stole him away while we were asleep. Mm-hmm. If this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. This is the part that stood out to me. So they took the money and did as they were directed. And this story has been spread among the Jews to this day. Exactly. That's why they believe that. That's that's why Jews don't believe in the resurrection. It just doesn't make sense, though. They believe that Jesus was a great teacher, but ultimately he was he was killed and he was never resurrected. Mm. Um, that's cat. It's crazy, though. Like, <laughs> that rock was that. It wasn't just like a little bitty pebble, dude. No. Like, you weren't, once it rolled down that hill to, like, seal it, it's not getting moved. And the other half of that is, like, Jesus was the most prominent person around at the time i mean mm-hmm. this dude had a massive following he was important he was an important person this would not just be just some random like it wasn't just the other thief like other two thieves on the right. cross um not trying to discredit anything about mm-hmm. them but it wasn't like just two thieves like this was a prominent figure in the community so they would not have just picked the wrong tomb to guard exactly or, they, like there was so much work put into it like, they right. did mistake the tomb because it was a private tomb so they knew exactly where it is owner because you'd think at least one of them like, knew where they went. Like, Joseph Arimathea, it was his tomb. I know where my tomb would be if I was getting buried yeah. there. Then surely the Jews saw it. Surely the Pharisees saw it. The Roman soldiers, the women, the disciples. Surely at least one person also. I've got to add this fact. It would be hard to convince, like, because the disciples, when, like, when Jesus rose, rose and resurrected, they were like, oh my gosh, it's crazy. He's risen. Like, they were, like, on fire for him. That it's, it's one thing for Jesus to have convinced, like, one, like, sane man, hey, I'm gonna rise from dead and then get and die and like not rise from dead. And he believe him. Yeah. Like I'm probably dumb enough. I'd believe him. I mean, because like if it didn't it wasn't true. But it's a whole other ball game to convince twelve sane men of the same lie, get them to die for it and live their life for that lie. Yeah. After after, after Jesus ascended, it's uh, to get twelve sane men to believe the same lie. Surely one of them would have had a question, but they believed it so much because it was so true. And there was yeah. more than twelve. And there's more than twelve. Exactly. Jesus appeared. To 500 people, I believe it says in First Corinthians. I rest no case. And but the thing about it, like I think Thomas just has a good point here. I know Zane's going to want to chime in on this too. But like, you have to think about this in the grand scheme of things. Do you have you look in Acts and you see multiple people being martyred for their faith, and then you see Peter gets hung upside down on a cross. Every disciple, I believe, except for John. Oh, I have all their list. I think every disciple except for John was um, martyred in a. Even John was born alive in a horrible way. But they would not have gone to the grave with such confidence. Such confidence that, I mean, they they died with, they were happy. I mean, you got to think, they're dying. And Stephen's in the midst of getting stoned, and he's asking the Lord to forgive the people that are stoning him. Like, you wouldn't do that unless you have seen the resurrected Jesus Mm. and truthfully believe in the resurrected Jesus Mm. Christ and know without a shadow of a doubt he died and he resurrected. He did the things that he said. I mean, that's some there's some power behind that. You start thinking about that. Just, it, yeah, no, just about the, t- the first twelve, not the other ones that's like Stephen Thomas that were killed in other, other in other ways. Just the original twelve. Andrew was crucified. Bartholomew was beaten and then crucified. Jameson of Alexandria was stoned to death. Jameson of Zebedee was beheaded. John was boiled alive, boiled alive in oil, but that failed, and then they exiled him, and he died of his old old age. Judas, not the Iscariot one, stoned to death. Matthew, speared to death. Peter, crucified upside down. Philip, crucified. Simon, crucified. Thomas, speared to death. Matthias, Matthias speared to death. They were either speared to death or crucified, mainly. Yeah. Being crucified in itself is the worst death you can possibly get. Like it's, they do everything they can to make it suck, and then they make it suck even worse by making your death slow. Yeah. So for them, for what's it, one, two about five like six or seven of them to do that for a man and believe it if it was a lie that is a heck of a lie to believe to do that kind of death yeah so like it's nuts oh yeah and look at the end of the day at the end of the day there's there's proof and there's things that we can talk about on here but at the end of the day uh it's honestly a mystery uh that's what faith is so exactly and that's that's the whole point i wanted to kind of tie it all back into is at the end of the day, look, it's, you know, faith is the assurance of, of things unseen. And, yes. you know, we did not see these things happen, but guys, we're, we're sure, we're sure of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we will go to the grave with confidence knowing that 
our bodies will be resurrected one day because our Savior was resurrected. Oh, okay. So I'm going to tie this in this. So like, as we're sitting here, we're speaking and we're talking about like you know, the Lord's tomb being open and like, you know, was it, was I'm I'm asking, like, was it taking place at night? It was like 6 p.m., was, wasn't it? Uh, early, hold on. No, it was 3 p.m. It was in the middle of the day, I believe, but I'll read it. I think that I read that this morning, but... um, Pretty sure it was 3, it was like okay. afternoon-ish. Yeah, because in Matthew... Okay, see. so what I... Toward the dawn of the first day of the dawn. week. Okay. So when would dawn be? Like, Hang on, when did... Dawn's in the afternoon. <laughs> no, dawn to dawn. Dawn dusk, dawn's in the morning. Oh, yeah, so it would... <laughs> look at me. <laughs> So you got to think it's toward toward the dawn. So that's yeah. Like, okay. He died around three p.m. Yeah, three p.m. So you're it is during the daytime. Okay. Well, I, I okay. Well, I was thinking like it might have been like at night or something like that. So this is what I was gonna say. Um, how you know like they talk about how Jesus gonna come like a thief and not just like the unexpectedcy of it all. Like Jesus like resurrected in a time that was unexpected. You know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> With that taking place, that's why it's so critical for us to like know where our salvation is. Like, I don't know who the Lord is. Like, today is the day of salvation. Like, ask questions, this, that, and other. Like, if you don't know, reach out because, like, that if walking from death to life is something that's gonna like completely change everything about you and who you are. And like, now you're walking with a purpose. And you know, before I truly knew the Lord and who I, you know. Like, my identity was caught up in the world. I was caught up in things that wasn't truly fulfilling me. And, I was, dude, I was going down a lost and broken path. I, I feel like I had no purpose, this, that, and other. But, like, when we truly come to know Jesus and who he is for us and we know our identity is in him, oh, dude, that's when it changes the game. That's when we want to tell everybody. That's, like, somebody, well, every time somebody gets baptized or any time somebody, like, even goes down to the altar, dude, I'm an emotional wreck yeah. because I get to see God at work at that. Yes. Yeah, so I just like I said, I just wanted to just hone in on that because like it came to, he was resurrected in a time of unexpectedcy, and if he's gonna return as a thief in the night, that's an unexpected time when somebody comes to break in the house. They ain't gonna be like, oh, cause I'm coming at, all right, ten o'clock. You know, be ready for when I come. Like, no, they're gonna come when right. your guard is down, and like that's why it's so important for us to have our guard up and our armor on, like prepared for when the Lord calls us home. Suit up, baby. Yeah, Mark 13 is my favorite passage of Scripture, and it, it talks exactly what Zane is, is talking about here. And We could talk about this for hours. No one knows that day or hour. We really could, but it, at the end of it, it says, Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know when the master of the house, talking about Christ, oh, yeah. will come in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to all, stay, to, stay awake. There's a, uh, I think it might be Matthew like 22, but it's talking about, um, I think it's six. Uh, there's these six virgins, and like three of them are prepared. Like, so there's this wedding, like, um, like yeah, the celebration, the wedding feast. Yeah, there's a celebration that's going to take place, mm-hmm. and like three of them, like they're prepared, they're ready to go. Like they got their oils for the lamps. This that another. The other three, they came unprepared, and when um, you know, the people were coming back for the celebration, the bridegroom, um. Like there was a delay, so that's the Lord giving a second chance in that because there's a delay. But I was like, no, nah, like in that time, I could have went and got the extra oils I needed, but yet they wanted to rest. I wanted to sleep up because they thought they had more time. So when uh, the sound the sound went off, as in like the bride and the grooms here, all right, the three that was prepared, boom, they're inside, they're celebrating, they're having fun. Other three is like, hey, share with me. And it's too late. And others like, no, this is for me to be prepared for when they come. So that way I can celebrate with them. So the yeah. other three ran to try to get some more oil, this, that, another. And they come back in and like, they're knocking on the door and they're like, I don't know you. Like, when I tell you, like, uh, it's scary. Son. Dude, it's, it says in the end of that, it says mm. in that place, there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Oh my gosh. Um, and the, at the end of that, that you're yeah, talking about that. Yeah. Battle. Dude, it's mm. so to, uh, we've, we have we, we could talk for, we could talk for an hour, <laughs> Gosh. but um, to tie it all in, how you can be, I think this is a great way to end this. Um, how you can be confident and how you can know that you're not asleep and that you're awake, yeah, is simply to put your trust and your faith in Jesus Christ. And and what I would like to do, since we said that we were going to talk about Romans and we we've, we've dived in 
to so many other things, yeah, which is grand. But <laughs> I'm gonna read. I'm gonna reread uh, these scriptures, and we'll talk about them. But yeah, verse 23 in Romans three it says, "For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, right. yeah. and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forth as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith." This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Guys, that's the gospel um, summed up in those four or five verses right there. You know, we've all sinned. We all fall short. We're all in the same playing field, guys. Um, We're all just as filthy of a sinner is the next man said Messiah, next female said Messiah, and the great thing about it is, is righteousness could not be achieved by our own works, and it can all it could never be achieved by our own works, um, guys. Our best works, the best thing that we could possibly do, it says it in Scripture, is nothing but filthy rags compared. Say sixty-four six. Bam! I'm glad I got my encyclopedia Dude, over there. Please, we have to talk about Galatians yeah. if you don't get it. Yeah. So. I just want to continue just like mm-hmm. we, we now that we know that hey righteousness is not achieved by our works like there's nothing we can do there's no works that we can do it's only achieved by faith in Christ and in the power of his life and his death and his resurrection when we trust in that we can have confidence and we can rest assured that we're awake mm-hmm. yeah and it doesn't end with just us accepting the Lord and just us having faith guys when we have that faith the Lord starts to transform our lives. Yes. When you have yeah. that true faith and that true love. Transformation. Jesus, it's a true transformation. I've got so much things to say, dude. Go ahead. Bro. I could go off. So we're back. Well, yeah, I want to talk about verse 23. For all the sin, fall short of the glory of God. And it basically means to fail at perfection. Oh. Why, why do we? Because God's standards are the perfect standards, and we have our standards, which are sinful. By the world standards, what it, what is quote unquote good means to like be kind to the elderly, give to the church, give to the needy, this, that, and like change this, that, and the other. It's to do good things according to our moral standards. Well, our moral standards suck. Yeah. We can't, because like we, we're <laughs> sinful life. and we have sinful standards because we're sinful people. Oof. God has perfect standards because he's perfect God, which is why we can't meet his perfect standards because we're sinful. Sinful can't meet perfection, which is why Christ died to make us able to meet those standards. Whew. Galatians 2.21 says, For if righteousness is through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. Jesus did not die because to, because we, we could save ourselves. If we could save ourselves, it says there was no purpose in Christ dying. If our sinful actions were enough to save us, if our sinful actions were enough to make us quote-unquote good people, Romans three Romans 3.10 says, There is no one righteous, no, not one. Mm-hmm. Righteousness, let me just quote, it's like to be found just and like right before God. Yeah. We cannot be found righteous in our own works because we were sinful. Our sinfulness cannot save us it cannot make us right it cannot justify us for the lord which is why we need a perfect sacrifice jesus christ to make us right and justified if we could save ourselves there was no point in jesus dying there was just a stupid right. man death right. so yes. he had to come as a perfect sacrifice to do what we could not do ourselves that is why jesus died that is why we always fall short but fall short and are always like we can't we fail perfection every day that's why we can't do it that's why we have to fall in his grace fall in his mercy every single day Mmm, buddy, that's that'll preach. Rump that first team. Mm. Goosebumps. I'm sitting here. I'm just like, that'll uh, preach. Pour it. Mm. This has been one of my favorite episodes we've done. No kidding. I want to let's let's close with. I got a couple more things we can kind of add on. Uh, I, we can kind of lengthen this episode, I guess, a little bit. Golly, that's right. Um, I want to read this. This is a quote. It's from a theologian. It says, uh, "Here we learn that God designed to give the most evident displays of both His justice and mercy." of his justice and requiring a sacrifice and absolutely refusing to give salvation to a lost world in any other way and of his mercy in providing the sacrifice which his justice required. So I've always, you know, I've I've always wondered like how is it possible for God to be completely just but also show mercy all at the same time? Like he's perfectly just and he he shows perfect mercy. How is that possible? Well, it's because there's salvation in no other, mm-hmm. and that's his justice. There's salvation in no other. Oh, what is that? There has to be a sacrifice for sins, and that is how he shows his justice. But then he shows his mercy by providing the sacrifice that is required. 
and not requiring anything of us except faith in Christ right. and faith and trust in the one that he sent. Mm. Like it's, it's, it's very complex, but at the same time, he makes it so simple for us. We we're the ones that make it hard. Right. Right. It's laid out. We, we screw up what God did not intend to be screwed up. He didn't make us to like, he didn't, he was like, I'm going to make the people just as he screw up. He made us so we can glorify him. We, by our own sinful deeds, make it harder on ourselves. It's not that hard. You just obey, obey him. Yeah. All right. Point blank. Point blank, period. I, I, we get into these grumblings, and I'm guilty of it, and I'm not I'm never, I'm not going to sit up here and yep. act like I'm righteous or whatever. Mm-hmm. We're guilty of we get in these grumblings, we get in these quarrels, and we get in these fights and arguments about different- Stupid stuff. Beliefs that, that don't matter, frankly, because the only thing that, that matters- That's valid. Is whether that's or not facts. we trust in Jesus Christ or not. Mm-hmm. And that's that's it. That's all we got to worry about. Like, dude, that's- that's one thing that gets me, in all honesty, like, is um, I've been at work, and it's been a big blessing because majority of the people there, like, they do believe in Christ, and, like, we get to talk about the Lord all the time. Uh, do we have different point of views about things? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that's the whole religion thing, man. Like, that is for the birds. Amen. Um, and, like... W- we're called to go out and make disciples and we're called to tell the good news of Jesus Christ. We're not called to set up all these rules and these regulations and justify our own sins and put our own rules on what scripture is. That's why we're supposed to read it for what it truly is versus putting our own ideas on it and this, that, and the other. And like, man, it fires me up because I was at work the other day and I was like, and it was simply holding someone accountable because they quote unquote a brother in Christ and you know they say believe in the Lord this that another and we've talked about scripture this that another uh, but they said something that just honestly sat uneasy with me and like we had to talk about it and some people was just like you know y'all believe what y'all believe and we're gonna believe what it, it's not about that if yeah. we can both agree that Jesus Christ has died on the cross for our sins because we have fallen short and he's resurrected, you know, on the third day, making a way when there wasn't a way. And like, if we can put our faith and our trust in that, then all this other crap that we think is this, that, and the other, like, it's, it's for the birds, man. Like, we don't have hey, to man. set up all these regulations and this, that, and the other. Like, y'all, you got to be at your best when you come to church. No, you don't get clean before you get in the shower. Therefore, you don't come to Christ before you're clean. Hey, he cleans you. You know, it's just ah, <laughs> oh boy, it's it's a hospital. It's a hospital. <laughs> oh, it's a hospital. Yeah, yes. Like uh, I think of it like Matthew twenty nineteen, the Great Commission: make go and make disciples of all nations. It doesn't say go and make disciples and be the most right about what you're preaching. You just right. go and make disciples. Like just do that. And if you can agree, like Acts four eleven says, this this Jesus is the stone. It is a stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is it, there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under the name of heaven Ooh, given by given among men by which we would be saved. In Paul's time, it's curious because they all had a grand time. They had Ephesus Church, Thessal- Thessalonican Church, Corinthian Church, Philippian Church. They had as many churches, I mean, not, not today, but they had a yeah. bunch of churches back then that all agreed. Yeah, there's like in first Second Timothy two twenty three says, "Don't have you useless quarrels." They tr- worked hard not to like disagree on this, that, whatever they disagreed on. They, which is why they had a grand time. They all believed, like Acts says, agreed Jesus Christ died, saved them, and that's all they needed to know. They didn't have all these dumb things we had today. They just agreed. Yeah. So why do we do the same? Like we just, like, like we said, we make it hard on ourselves. We 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 pick and choose. We like, oh, I like this. I don't like that. You can't pick and choose the Bible. But you just believe the Bible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't just say, oh, I believe that, but I don't believe this. If you believe part of the Bible, you have to believe the whole Bible, mm-hmm. right? You just can't believe half of God's word. So like that's why in Paul's time they had such an easy it wasn't easy but like trying to like drive a car with two wheels bro. In fact, you can't <laughs> have to all be in unison. That's why Paul uni- like worked hard to write letters of church to unify them to have them all under the same belief so they didn't have problems like we do today. Which is why I just think that's good like you don't have to be the most right by the gospel. There is no way to be most right. You just agree. So okay. that's my kind of spill. Yo, okay. So adding on to that um I went and watched this movie. Uh, I think, yeah, I think it was Monday, and it's it's in movie theaters now. Like, if y'all ain't seen it, I, I dude, that movie fired me. Have you seen it? Oh my gosh, I think I'm going to see it Friday, dude. Okay, I, I'm going to watch it again because it's so good. 
but I'll say this one part in it, and that's all I'm going to say. It's like just a couple of short words. But, um, you know, oftentimes people, they're searching for something. You know, that's why, like, for me personally, I was searching for, you know, things of the world, and I wasn't truly getting fulfilled. See, they're, they're doing the, they're searching for all these different things just in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. But nobody want to give Jesus a chance just simply because of religion. Oh, oh well, you got you to be dressed. About to do back you got to be dressed table. up before you go to church. Like, no, like, <laughs> bring anybody and everybody because all of sin and fall short of glory of God. So I had already pulled this up before. So <laughs> What's about to blow up? We'll, we'll, end on, we'll end on this. But this okay. is a Lecrae song, um, just some of his lyrics. Shout out, Lecrae. <laughs> So, yeah, shout, shout out. Um, so, in this song, it says, some of us hate on each other. Oh, my gosh. We, CC4, yes. Some you of us do hate too much. Some of us hate on each other. We bang on each other. Like, we ain't been covered in blood. Hey, we try to cripple each other. We strip on each other. We, we need each other. Like, we ain't in need of his love. Next verse. And then this is, I'm just going to read it. I'm not trying to rap it, I promise. But, meanwhile, these people confuse us. Pray to the universe. Let me read it. Let me read it. read it. <laughs> they're they're trying to rap in here. Meanwhile, these people confuse, so they pray to the universe. Our life is how people view the church. Say we want peace, and we say we want unity. We need to move as a unit first. Oh, I mean that ties up. That ties up what we said earlier. When we're most unified, we glorify God. Yeah, when we're most unified, Christ is most glorified. Move as a unit, what baby. Said. I mean, that's it, guys. We, unity. We've touched them all. Along. Gosh. We've touched on a lot, but guys, the main point of the entire 52 minutes of this podcast, if you haven't heard anything else, is that we've sinned and we fall short. Yeah. We could not atone for those sins, and we could not provide a sacrifice that was that was worthy enough of God. And mm-hmm. Christ, in his perfect just and, and justice and his perfect mercy, he provided the sacrifice that would atone for his justice. Christ came to this earth, lived a sinless, perfect life, died as a perfect sacrificial lamb rose again three days later and he's coming back to get us those that believe in that's him, trust him. basic point blank period that's, that's the whole real. that's the whole bible from genesis to revelation Amen. summed up that's it point Christ blank died, period he resurrected we put our trust in him he's going to come back and get us and i put my faith in jesus okay okay <laughs> so guys we have touched on a lot we're thankful um just to be able to sit down and have these conversations and get really excited and hope that you guys are getting excited to fired up. Um, mm. Super thankful for, for Thomas. Uh, he's going to be joining us uh, in, in the next episode as well. Um, yeah. Yes. We are, uh, <laughs> he's cooking, baby. We're excited. We're going to be jumping right back into uh, our study of First Peter 2. Um, so we're going to talk about how the angels long to look into oh these things. Oh, my gosh, dude. It's going to be so fired. I'm pumped. <laughs> So uh, we appreciate you guys and love you and are always uh, praying for you. Um, and that'll do it for uh, Refine the Podcast. I have no idea what episode this is. Three, maybe? It's a good one. The Rose on the Third Day episode. Give it a hand. Uh, it's a good one. Come on, somebody. Refine the Podcast. Appreciate you guys. Y'all have a great rest of your day, night, whatever it might look like for you.